Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What divides a family divides a nation. Do you believe that to be true? I do. Have you ever had a family member that you, that you had such a problem with or had such a big argument with that it created this rift that you couldn't seem to get over? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you still haven't talked to that person. I didn't talk to my brother for 15 years until I lost my other brother, and I realized how little those things that I was hanging on to desperately that kept us apart, how little those things really mattered. And it allowed me to create this space of understanding, of empathy. It's the same thing that we do on the macro scale as a nation or other nations. We dig our heels in to our beliefs and our version of the narrative instead of understanding that the real truth lies somewhere there in the middle because we're both subscribing to completely different narratives instead of creating this space of understanding and empathy. And the way to find that space of understanding and empathy is through storytelling, through a storytelling lens, understanding the story that the other party is living through and how it is different than the one you are. That's exactly what my guest talks about today. Not only that, she wrote an entire album about it. What's up, storytellers? Welcome back to the Storytelling Lab podcast. This is episode 141, and today my guest is Jill Riley. Jill is a musician from a cattle ranching family in Texas, and her new album, Common Ground, is exactly about this. She has been interested in understanding the story of four generations of her family for a long, long time. Her great-grandparents survived the Dirty 30s and the Great Depression, and she saw these debates and arguments and divisions among the family and the cattlemen in that family her whole life and saw how hard it was to navigate those divides. And then, as she grew older, understood how it's the same thing that we do as people, the same thing that we do as a nation. And I think all of us can understand and agree that we are in a divided time and have been for a while. And it's not just... It's not just our generation saying it, and it's something that's repeated you know, every couple of years, like, oh, we're more divided now than we ever have been before. The way people talk to each other, it really is noticeable. 
how we just dig our heels in to our beliefs and our ideologies and have so much trouble finding that common ground. And it happens in our small groups too, within our friend groups, within our families, and certainly within the larger communities that we belong to. And if we do not understand how to show up from a space of empathy, really trying to get to the truth and bridge the gap and find that common ground, then I think that we are we're in real trouble. We're in real trouble, and I hate to see it. But I was very excited to talk to Jill, who has dedicated her, you know, her life to this, to understanding this and putting it out in music form. Family stories shared in an album. That's just so impressive to me, and I was excited to have her on the show. So this is my conversation with Jill Riley, and I hope that you love it. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, award-winning filmmaker and writer, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Tuesday morning, I send out a quick storytelling tip to my newsletter subscribers. I show you techniques I've learned along my journey and used in my own stories, as well as those of my clients. But most importantly, I leave you with tangible takeaways that you can apply to your brand storytelling immediately. Oh, well, actually, more importantly than that, it's free. If this would help you, sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Hello, Jill. Welcome to the show. Um, I told you already I'm really excited to talk to you. I think that you are... I can't really say with complete certainty that you're the first musician on the show because maybe other people were musicians, but that wasn't their first thing right. their, their first and foremost thing upfront thing so i say that to say like i'm really excited to talk to you about what you're doing with storytelling but i don't want to say it i want to put it in your words so let's just kind of start from let's just lay some groundwork for those that are listening is like what is this uh new en- endeavor that you're currently working on with your album what is your goal now i'm sure this isn't the first time you've you know been interested in storytelling but let's just start off with like what is your current mission okay So I think I would say that first and foremost, I think I am a storyteller and probably second, a songwriter, but, and, but it took a while for me to fully realize that. Right. And so I have, uh, I've kind of procrastinated on this for a long time, lots of dynamics to it, but I finally just said, I I think this idea is not going to leave me alone unless I just go ahead and write these songs and, and do this thing. So I've written a 12 song story album about my wild and wonderful cattle ranching family, and it spans four generations. Uh, My great-grandparents raised 10 kids out on the high plains of the Panhandle of Texas, and they survived both the Dust Bowl or the Dirty Thirties and the Great Depression. And so for one thing, I pull a lot of hope from their story, you know, going back to their story, especially in our day when we can tend to get a little hopeless hopelessness with the craziness that's going on. But um, it, it, again, it spans four generations and it goes into a debate in the family. And there was a debate in my family 
about how to raise cattle and how not to raise cattle. I don't know. I've never raised a cow, so I don't have a cow in the fight, as my husband says. <laughs> but uh, I, I took the time to try to look at every side of the argument. It was a very important debate, and that debate goes on to today. And I honor every side of that. I, I see the point of, of every side of that. And I always tell people, this is not really about cows, because what happened in this is it caused these debates turned in to, you know, pretty heated and turned into family division that kind of trickled down through the generations, even in ways that sometimes we don't even understand, right? And so I always say, this is not about cows. This is really about family division and how to mend it because in digging through all of this, I have come to the conclusion that what divides a family divides a nation. If you really look at this, what's, what goes on in a family echoes out in our nation. So I just think it is, it's time to uh, conquer the divide. And, and uh, the name of the album is Common Ground. And, and that just speaks of let's, re, let's, let's remember that we have all have roots in common ground. Let's have mutual respect because we all have roots in common ground. But the main message of the entire album is Return to Love, which that is the name of the the stage production that we're about to debut. We were chatting a little, a little about that. But that's yeah, the album. I want to dive. That, that was kind of the explanation of the album. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to learn more about the stage show. Um, so what you're talking about here, these concepts are not are not necessarily easy things to approach. No, they are not especially when we look at it from the perspective of like the conversations that the nation is consistently having these days. Mm-hmm. And I align with you quite a bit in terms of trying to reconnect and find that common ground for some reason, for whatever reason, Jill, I've always been able to, to see both sides of almost any argument. And I don't want to put, put myself on any kind of pedestal and act like it's because I'm smart enough to know that you, what's the cliche saying? It's like, instead of trying to be right, try to find out what's right or, yeah, or whatever. Instead of, but we, yeah, but we often dig our heels into, you know, just being exactly. right. And it's like to get to the best answer. It's about finding what is right, not who is right. 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 Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm not trying problem, to act like, um, like I heard this one time, like don't sit across from each other and put the problem between you sit beside each other and put the problem on the table and take yeah. it when you really yeah, look at it together. Yeah. Yeah, when you're really trying to get to a solution, that's what it's about. But so often, it's so easy to revert back to being on the other side of the table and just like, no, 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 and arguing your point. Yeah. So the, my question is like, what's the first step? to you're, you're met with some opposition. Could just be a disagreement or a debate about uh, how we handle the family business. What's the first thing that you arm yourself with, for lack of a better word, to enter that space, trying to reach the common ground. Okay. So in a song called coffee on the album, I actually kind of spell out what I came to start. I started calling it the recipe of reconciliation. And actually where it came from was someone sent me an email one time and said, reconciliation in a, in a relationship cannot exist without these four things. And to me, those four things were like the ingredients in a recipe, like a cake. If you don't have all four ingredients, you cannot achieve a cake. So the four ingredients are own your own divisive behavior. Like you got to get really real with yourself and see where, where you're not doing what you were saying, right? Like you're just standing and, you know, trying to be right. And you're not really listening to understand, you know, so just take a look at yourself own your own divisive behavior 
have an apologetic attitude. I'm not even saying that you have to say you're sorry, which is awesome, but you know, have a sincere apologetic, like, okay, that's, that's not working. Let me just calm down here and let me listen. So, uh, have an apologetic spirit and then commit to change that behavior going forward. That would be the third one. And then take time to rebuild trust because of, wow, we have broken trust with each other in this country. And I think we've broken trust by doing what you're saying. We've, we've stood too hardcore. And, and I'm not ever saying go along to get along. I'm not ever saying don't stand for what you believe in. I'm just saying, you know, let's soften it up and listen to each other. And it's, it, that's return to love. Just come out of anger and pride and stubbornness and just return to love and try to have these conversations. Well, the word that always pops up to me, Jill, and this is straight from the storytelling playbook, is empathy, right? Yeah. Is, is truly trying to understand where that person is coming from and what is informing their perspective or their belief. Because if you get to that, you kind of, or you don't reduce it, but you get to a deeper part of them instead of just like, well, you think this and I think that. Then you start to see like why they think that and exactly. you can understand, well, yes. it might not be that end result now that i understand where they're coming from maybe we can collaboratively find a solution that plays to that concern or that fear or I, whatever you know what I, I think the first problem in that is that we are afraid someone is going to talk us into something we don't currently mm. want to believe in and it's scary right but the thing to know is that if you return to love and say let me listen to you let me really listen to you to understand it does not mean that you're going to be talked into something. It may mean that you walk away with mutual respect. Okay, I hear you and you believe what you believe and I still believe what I believe. That's okay. That's that's uh, that's America. And it's interesting that you bring up the word empathy because I played at the bitter end in New York a few weeks ago. Yeah, I've been there. And an audience member came up after the show and he said, man, your music is so empathetic. And I'd actually never heard anyone use that word and then here, here you bring that up I, I love that i love that uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of return to love is return to an empathy for each other you know ha have have a compassion for each other absolutely and it's so different than sympathy right or really uh, you know and you don't have to change your perspective as you said or you alluded to to understand simply just understanding where they're coming yeah. from and that breaks down so many of of the doors alone just just being able to do that or or having the desire to do that and breaking out of that mold where it's just like, no, I'm digging my heels in. Yeah, yeah. Is this, is this the first time that you've done something like this in your work oh, or yeah. in your life? <laughs> and I didn't set out to do this. I, okay. I set out to tell the incredible stories of my wild cowboy family, because I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you one. They used to, um, you know, way back in the day that we'd get on a train, load the cows and the boys, which is uh, talk, is sung about in Fort Worth. And they would go to Fort Worth, Texas um, to the stockyards and they would trade their cattle for money, right? And they would check into the Worthington Hotel in downtown Fort Worth. They would order up brand new Cadillacs and then they would race those Cadillacs out on, on 287 all the way back to the panhandle of Texas. But when I say race, I mean in the ditches and in the fields. And then, you know, they were those guys. And I just there's the stories are incredible. So I didn't set out for all this common ground messaging. It just continued to unfold until I accepted it as a very timely, you know, purpose 
um, to, to not just share the stories, but also share the messaging that came from it. So, yeah. Absolutely. But that, the, the, the beautiful thing about that is that's exactly what stories are, right? Is a micro example of a macro that's, issue. I all use that all the time. Look- I say, when I started looking <laughs> at my family, I saw a micro version of the macro thing that's happening in America. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect storytelling. What were some of the stories? Um, what were some of your favorite stories that, that you learned or favorite characters in the family, you know, family narrative, if you will? Oh, my goodness. I, I think Homer. So Homer, my great grandfather, died in 1940. So he literally made it through the dirty 30s and then passed away. Oh. And I and so I don't, I don't know him, but I, I it would be so hard to choose a favorite. But boy, yeah. was it amazing to dig in and get to know your great grandfather, you know, and I, I just really encourage people like if you and I'm not doing an Ancestry.com commercial here. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> get to know the stories more, more than even get to know who was in the family tree, like get to know the stories. It's 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 an amazing it's been an amazing journey. Now that brings up a, a follow-up question. What assets, what media did you use to learn those stories? I mean, you, okay, he seems like you know exactly where, well, where to go with that one. I had to kind of set a rule that if I um if I heard the story from different family members and different community people, you know, who and they were pretty well known in 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 the little community. You know, we're talking about a farming community of around a thousand population of a thousand, even, even to today. Right. right. But they, they were known because they were a big family, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, my rule was if I heard the same story three or four times, I'm going to pretty much assume that's true. But some of them were so wild that I said, I'm, I'm not going to tell that. I don't think, you know, I, I don't know about that one. And they'd be ones that I heard from my own grandfather. Okay. Like he would tell me the story. Well, we did a summer tour. We kind of made this wild look and see out of Nashville. Uh, so like up into Arkansas, uh, Oklahoma, and then back down to the panhandle and down in the hill country. And we met in the hill country, a fourth generation cousin I've never met before. And um, he told that story. And I said, oh my gosh, I don't even tell that story because it's, it's so wild. I don't think it's believable. He's like, I was there. I know that happened, right? <laughs> and and we, you know, we didn't know each other. And so we were kind of figuring it all out. And we figured out he is the oldest fourth generation member, living member. He's just amazing. His name is Jack Dooley. He's, we fell in love with him and his wife and, and his sons. So yeah, that's the other thing is just reconnecting with family any way you can for, you know, just find a reason to do it. So you were asking about media, right? So yeah, well, I, I didn't I'm laughing know, you know. because I'm like, well, my media has been the mouthpiece of many generations of family members. But I will tell you this, my uh, cousin, for another fourth generation cousin, had all of these cassette tapes that a great aunt, second generation aunt, had just sat at her kitchen table or whatever. And she just held this little microphone and an old cassette recorder. And she just sits and tells story after story. And we're going to, those, some of those will be in the uh, stage production. And you can hear it kind of pulling on a cigarette every once in a while, you know, it's just incredible. And then there's some family reunions where they were all singing. And uh, 
I don't, I, I've never found this out, but I'm assuming that Homer probably worked tobacco fields. So Homer is my great grandfather and he grew up outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and then made it to Texas. And you'll hear all that in the lyrics of the songs, but he smoked cigars. And, and so they all, they all smoked cigars, cigarettes, pipes, you know, they were just, they were that generation. So, wow. yeah. Uh, um, and what did your great aunt say? There was this line you told me before we started recording about, uh, hoping that someone listens. Oh, yeah, or... she, I, I've, I've got to dig that one back up. I, like I was saying, I don't have it readily available, but we have to have that. I'm so glad we're talking about this because we have to have this in the stage show. But she, at one point she says, and you know, and she's just got this great voice. She says, and you know, I just hope that someday somebody sits and listens to these and they mean something to them. And then she says, and I don't get lonely doing this. You know, I just feel like I'm with family. It just like, I've got chills right now. I just got yeah. them too. I just got it's them too. Such good stuff. So you were telling me a little bit about this project that you're now working on. And I just say, go, go, go on that. I, I agree. Gathering. Yeah, go. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're doing it's called Capture Fully, and we're we're recording interviews. We have uh, I'm training like professional uh, interviewers to kind of reveal these parts of their uh, of their lives to pass down with other generations. Um, and especially what I'm so excited about this conversation is like most people don't know their grandparents' lives when they were younger, or their great great grandparents' lives because they're getting stories from their grandparents who remember those yes. couple of generations before so you can span four or five generations you know it's funny from the from the beginning of our conversation i was gonna say you know every tribal storyteller that we've had in 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 humanity and in, in history almost all of them played an instrument right like that, wow. that was always part of it it was passed down in in songs and chants and poems yes. so it's not you're you're literally doing wow. the same thing that 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 the griots in west africa did and the bards did wow. in like the roman time and yeah i mean celtic culture all cultures have this person you, you're ma and you've made all, me feel so much smarter i didn't even mean to do are. that <laughs> yeah i know but this is the thing jill and this is why i've started the company i've started there is a draw like a desire inside yeah, of is, us yes. to to want yes. this so if yeah. you listen to it it makes people like you and i pursue it somehow it's not unique to us and we actually aren't special this is a human desire and, and sorry oh, i feel good. like i'm getting on a soapbox oh, right good. now but like yeah. We have all these devices now to capture moments and memories and stories, but we don't. We've lost that tribal storyteller that was sitting around Gosh, the campfire. It's, it's so good. Yeah. It is. Now, why is it important for you or me, the grandchild, to hear these stories of your great aunt and the previous generations that seem so far removed that they might not on the surface feel like they have anything to do with our lives, right? You're 80 years ago, maybe a hundred years ago. Why is that important? Though? Well, there's, there's so many things, but one is there's a power to really coming to understand there's nothing new under the sun. It, it's, it's, it's the same humans repeating the same patterns. And one of them is don't repeat the destructive patterns, but absolutely repeat the productive patterns. Right. And, and just like Homer, I mean, he's out there in the panhandle of Texas during the dust bowl. And he's one of the few farmers that survived it. Well, how, right. And I, and just from digging into it, I've been like, I want that in me. I want that, that tenacity that is just going to, uh, <laughs> 
the team and I call it whack-a-mole, you know, that game whack-a-mole where there's always something's popping yes. up and you got to hit. Well, mm -hmm. that's life, right? You just, you just have to keep meeting the challenges and just keep plowing through it all. It, it, the, the lyrics in Homer say he tilled and toiled. Um, I just lost my lyrics. Uh, Homer found Homer Cluck found hope in Hansford County. Anyway, despite the, the drought and the wind and the dust, and that became an analogy and an allegory for me. You know, we're all mm -hmm. up against a drought and a dust and the wind, and and you just you just gotta grin and bear it and keep going. That's the, that's what they did. I mean, the thing is, you know, the obstacles themselves change, but how we respond to them and what and yes. what they do to us is an internal journey and that doesn't change right it either strikes fear in us or hopelessness those things are universal and timeless yes i mean even COVID, the, I, I wanted to do a thing where i did a video series on small business covid survival stories right like okay that was the wind and the drought and the dust for you how did you come out of that still in business and they would i never did do it but you're, you can have that idea because i don't have time for it <laughs> but <laughs> but what would we glean from that? That's the, you know, and I, yeah. I, I wish that we had stories of Homer written down somewhere where he's telling, yeah. this is what we had to do last year. For example, a second generation, um, second generation family member, and then some community uh, members told me about a bumper crop that happened in 1943. So, right, this is just after the Dust Bowl. And this crazy bumper crop happened in 1943, and it just miraculously pushed them to the next level of being able to survive, and not just survive, but now they had some 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 capital, right, to work with and to grow, and and um, just those stories, those those sometimes they they literally feel like miracles. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. But, you know, you, you mentioned something earlier I, I wanted to say. When my dad mm -hmm. turned 70, my little sister uh, wrote just on, on paper, she just indexed his life, and the grandchildren were there. And she started reading this out and we can see their response. They're like, what? He did? He, and, and then we realized, we, you, you guys don't know that. How do you not know that? And they're like, how would we know that? Right. Right. And, and it's this same thing. It's like, man, families need to talk and get around the table and get around the campfire and tell these stories. They're, yeah. What, what I've noticed the trend or pattern that I've noticed is that, I don't know much about my, you know, parents or grandparents' lives, 
before I was born, right? That's the only stories that you hear because every focus, the focus becomes on the gener the, the newer generations, if you will. Yes. So most people don't know the stories of when their grandparents were 17, right? They That's just, cause those, those stories don't organically come up unless you actually pursue it and have those conversations. What the scene that you just described, I've, I've heard a million times that people would be like, wait, what granddad did that? Like the kids actually care but not unless you spark the conversation. Well, and the dynamic of the relationship totally changed because now they knew all these things about him that they didn't know before. They had a different respect. They had a different interest. They had, and then there was a bigger connection, right? That's what it's all about is, is, is keeping these families connected because I believe the disconnect, whether it's, whether it's family fights or arguments, or it's just an accidental disconnect. Nobody's realizing, hey, they're, they're not even connected to his story. I believe all that disconnection has weakened the country. If we were more connected, I just feel we would be a stronger people in, in America. And, and again, not just in your own bloodline family, but in the family of America with each other. You know, hear, hear people groups stories. I just watched a documentary this weekend that was like, wow, I never knew this. And it, and it causes me to be connected to the black race in a, in a new way, in a deeper way. And um, I, there's just there's so much value in it. And again, I, I didn't I didn't set out for all this. I, I learned the value of it as I went, you know. Yeah, it's so like you said earlier, um, um, it, it's it's the same humans with the same patterns or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. So like it doesn't matter what what nation you come from, what race or ethnic background you are like, you know, things are different on the surface. Yeah. But how we behave as humans is not. And that's the thing. We currently seem to be focusing so much on that and not these kind of like internal human desires. And whether it's family or much bigger, I think that's the route, right? But but if we just kind of stay on the surface and don't go for the deeper meaning behind it, the deep, the deeper behavioral patterns behind it, then I think that we will continue to just, just bump yes. heads. You and, know? you know, this may sound like a stretch, but I believe this. I've got a chalkboard up here that says this is war. And it, the war is reality versus narrative. And I believe that mm. if we were more connected in the truth of these stories and really seeing these patterns, even our younger generations would have a better discernment to go, that's that's not true. That narrative is not true. That's We're just the same humans doing the same things. And here's how they fixed it in the past. Let's fix it this way in the future, you know. I, I again it just there's so many the, the song Pearl, which is my great grandmother, it wasn't until mm. I set out to write that song that I had ever pictured, because I think that we all picture either the last time we saw them or, you know, them in their older age, or we picture the pictures that we happen to have of them. Right. And so as I'm writing this song, I'm like, well, until now, I have never pictured my great grandparents as young parents of 10 little bitty kids out. I've never thought about or the challenges of that, like, did they, did they load up a wagon and go to church or, you know, how did all that, how did all that work right. out there? And again, the, the, the great aunts cassette tape, you know, those recordings give me so much insight into how all of that worked. Yeah. So great. Well, stories, stories do such a great and effective job at holding up a mirror to ourselves in our lives. You call it back to that empathy and relating to it. So you see your grandparents story and, you think about your own. You're like, oh, could I do that? Right. <laughs> then you have a yeah. newfound respect for them. Was it what to that point? Was there anyone 
in your uncovering of all these family stories that really made you think of your own life or that you really related to? I mean, we, I, I, I was setting out to release this in 2020 and, and that's when COVID hit. Right. So I'm in the middle of really mixing these songs and packaging it and getting ready and kind of writing some blogs and whatever. So of course I pulled, like they went through the great depression and the dirty thing. Now I'm not saying, I, I think COVID is the most challenging thing we've ever been through in any generation, but I still was pulling from, well, how did they get through that? You know, and, and again, just this, the stories continued to tell me that as bad as this is, we are, we are going to get through it and we're still there. We're still going through this, but I, I, I kept pulling encouragement from it. And no matter what, one thing that you don't want to do is go through a challenge like that disconnected. That, you know, you need to be connected. And I've, I've, I've said to somebody one time, you really need to work to reconcile your relationship because if you ever got in trouble and that person said, oh, we just deal with it then, you know, because what if we got into trouble, we all had to pile into the same house mm-hmm. and or your family or whatever. And this person said, mm-hmm. oh, we just, you know, we just deal with it then. That's not the time. <laughs> that is not nope. the time to deal with it. Families had meltdowns during COVID because, because they, they didn't have some reconciliation that was needed, you know? So. Um, what unexpected lesson did you learn through all of this? Well, I will tell you, if you're going to write something like this and you're going to say that the main message is return to love and that the recipe of reconciliation is own your own behavior, <laughs> you better get ready. <laughs> I see where you're going. There's going to be sandpaper that's going to come in and, uh, you know, sand some stuff off of you. And I'm, and I'm still going through that and I, and I won't quit. You know, I, I want to, what I what I've found is that we we actually don't know how to love each other well, and it's funny, I I through this the the question, am I my brother's keeper? You know, has come to my head, and I've I've mm-hmm. come to the yes, we are. I don't know if anybody ever, but like it's a real a cemented conviction, right? And so I've used that in the past few years. No, we, we are our brother's keeper. Right. And so this weekend I caught this documentary, um, about Johnny Cash going to the white house, Nixon invited him to the white house. And that's one of the things that oh, you now, here you go. You're talking about patterns because this was a time when the country was very divided. It was very heated. It was the Vietnam thing going on yes. and they wanted him to sing a couple of songs. One of them was Oki from Muskogee. I'm like, well, he's not an Oki from Muskogee. So why do you, why do you want to? Right. But they were trying to do this country America values sort of thing. Anyway, he just politely didn't do those songs, but he did do a song um, that basically says the youth of America are asking what is truth. And that's back to the reality versus narrative. We're right back there. We're right back where the, where the all generations are going, wait a minute, we have got to stabilize truth. And but in in that documentary, he, too, says, well, and if somebody asks me, am I my brother's keeper? I say, yes, you are. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even you know, I just didn't know that he even went down that road for a period or whatever. And here we are, the same humans repeating the same patterns. 
still not learning some of the lessons that we should have learned by now. And uh, all, all we can do is our part, you know, and it, and it can get like I, I did a I recently went to Paris because we're going to take the show to Paris. And I I was kind of being talked into that. I wasn't real sure like why I I mean. I don't have anything against Paris or France. I just, it's never like Italy is number one on my list. Greece is number two, you know, all these and and France just hasn't been, but, but this just kept, kept coming up. And so finally a PR person who really knows France well said, well, let me tell you, Jill, why that would be because one, France is all about family Two, France is pretty much as divided as we are in America. And three, they love cowboy stories, right? So I didn't know that. And I'm like, wow, okay. So, so um, I, 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 so I was in France and I started asking, even if I had to use Google Translate, right? To ask, because I yeah. don't speak French. And it was kind of a last minute story. And anyway, so even if I had to use Google Translate and let Siri or whatever her name is, um, talk to them, had Uber drivers or whatever. I would ask them, is the country politically divided? And it was just, yeah, yeah, we, yes, 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 whatever. And then, you know, what's, what's most important to you? Family. It's always family, right? So it, it really proved up that that's, that that's true over there. I had a whole other story I was going to tell about France. I don't know what it was. It went out the window. If it comes back, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, there is a reason why a lot of, there's a, a long list of stories of creatives, musicians, artists, you know, going to France. Well, even Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. I mean, that that trips yeah. my trigger. Like, Good point. Well, you know, yeah. what's, what was happening there and what, why were they bringing some of that culture here and what did they, some of that. But but um, I'll, I'll tell you what I, I just remembered. So I'm in I'm in Paris. And I did a blog and I'm sort of just typing, right? I, it, and I say that in the blog, I don't have a journal right now and I need to go run and get one. And it, it, it says a Psalm from Paris. That's what I named it because I was kind of in that place of, ah, because all this stuff had heated up. And I'll tell you the day I left Paris is when, um, is when the Gaza Strip got attacked. So that was a whole other level of things, but sometimes I get overwhelmed and I start to believe the narrative that what what are you why are you wasting your time? You are not going to make a difference. Families are not going to reconcile, and America is not going to reconcile. It's too far gone. And I can start really believing that and getting discouraged. And I always just come out of that with, look, just you just you have to know at the end of your life or at the end of the day that you did your part to try to uh, you know encourage people with this messaging because I very much believe in what I'm saying and it's my conviction. And so that's all I can do is my little part and be, be one voice in a trillion. That's, you know, that's encouraging. Absolutely. But, I'm, and you, you have to focus small on like that, on small like that as well. I mean, the same thing with storytelling. It's like, if you impact that one person, that is enough. Exactly. To do yeah. the thing that you're trying to yeah. do. I mean, that's how it works. And the pro and the problem is, so many of us think that uh, that it might be too small, and therefore, what do we do? Nothing. And then we haven't impact impacted anyone and changed anything. But if we just focus on, look, all I need is one, then it starts to build from there and grow. Yeah. From there. I mean, and if it doesn't, you've still made a change. It doesn't matter how absolutely. small it is. So many of us won't take the action. And you never know who's in the room of another generation 100%. that's actually going to be you know, the next president or the wh whoever, something gets a hold of them and they actually make a huge difference in the world. And 
Um, so yeah. what what has what has the response been to the album so far? I know you released it not too long ago. Well, I, I always love. Um, as a matter of fact, we we did this little thing where we said, I don't know if you can read that, but it says your story matters because if I do a show or if we put oh a video gosh. out. Oh yeah, that would mean a lot to you. It's pretty bad. Wait, no, no. I listen. I chose a different shirt today. I have that on shirts. That exact <laughs> saying, and it's usually if you look at the other podcasts, ninety percent of them, I'm wearing that shirt. This one says, "There's no power greater than you know than story." story. But like, I have some here. that say that. So, well, what happens is when I do a show, people will line up and they'll start saying, "Oh my gosh, when you did that song about your great grandmother, it brought this whole thing back about my great grandmother," and they'll start telling me that story, oh. and I so want to hear it, right? And I don't want to lose it. So I hand them this card and say, please email that story to me. Right. Oh, I love that. And um, so you're asking about, about the response. That's my, my favorite thing is that somebody said to me a long time ago, it doesn't matter what you mean by your lyrics. It matters what people interpret for their own. Right. And that's the truth. Like, and then that's a, it's a yeah. good thing for a songwriter to let go of. Like I, you know, as a songwriter, I'm kind of like, I'm trying to tell you this. Do you understand? I'm trying to tell you this. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, totally. and I can say, that's not what that song's about at all. And they're like, I don't care. It's what it's about to me. And that actually is what matters, right? And so my favorite thing is when they come up and they start to tell me that somewhere in that show or somewhere in listening to that album, it turned into their own family story. And I mean, like the bitter end, I, I come off stage and this girl goes, I just texted my sister to tell her that we have to go, you know, that that's my, those are my favorite responses. And it's like you said, if that happened one time, I'm good. But uh, yeah. Absolutely. That's profound. I love that so much. It's back to where we were about relating to uh, a story and empathy and making them think about their own grandparents. That's yeah. that's doing the work right there. It's so it's so yeah, and sometimes people profound. come and go, Okay, you made me know I need to call my sister. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. I mean that's yeah, it though. That's the work. Yeah, it is the work, yes. That's the job and it, and, and it's, it's working. working. <laughs> and no matter what, you know, we did a thing. We we have I live in Franklin, Tennessee, and I, I love, love, love this city. I don't know yeah. if you've ever been here, but it's oh, like absolutely. Been to downtown. Franklin too. And uh, um, you live in Franklin? No, no, no. Been, been, been to I was going to say, we, sh we should just have coffee anyway. Mm -hmm. So they do a pumpkin fest, and then they do um, a Dickens of a Christmas festival, which is my, well, it's hard to say which one's my favorite. But anyway, we did a little promotional thing during pumpkin fest, and everything said return to love. And I've said to the team, if nobody ever listens to the album or figures out what this is about, it's worth going out with just a sign or a whatever that says return to love, because yeah. there's two things that people uh, physically respond to without, you know, like it's undeniable. And one of them is when I say it's time to return to love, people will just drop and say, yeah, it is, isn't it? Right. And the other one is when I say what divides a family divides a nation, they're like, mm, mm -hmm. that's, that's true. Right. So th those are, the thing is, Jill, it's like we all are holding up our guards and our armor so tightly right now and so yeah. high, and it's this shit is heavy. Yeah. And I, it, you know, it's hard I had to have to... that very conversation with a family member one time. 
I literally said that. I said, this thing happened 20 years ago. It's ridiculous. And I have realized that this is me owning my part. I realized that I've had a cloak and dagger up ever since then, kind of doing this. And I'm here. I came here to tell you, I've got, I got to lay that down. That should not be between us. And now that person was still super offended didn't totally even really hear or receive that uh, immediately, but it doesn't matter. That's back to, you you know, in, in the song coffee, it talks about my grandfather. And I say, he taught me there that it's really not that hard to let the other man win. Right. <sighs> just, it's just really whatever. That's your process. Okay. But if you walk away knowing that you did own your part, you know, you're, you're, you're the actual winner of that because you can, you can be at peace. And, Absolutely. So, yeah. And to your point that you've made several times about, you know, the, you know, the, 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 what divides the family divides the nation. The reason those people are dropping their shoulders and melting when you're saying, you know, return to love is because one, we all want that actually. Yes, yes. We actually all do want the same thing, which is so exactly. ironic. Yes. And then two, because of that, we're all holding up armor and we're all exhausted. That's why there's mental health yeah. crises. That is, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why we're all returned to rest. Burned, too. Right. We're all burned yeah. out. We're all filled so with anxiety true. and stress and pressure and, and at worst, you know, depression and anger and rage. Yeah. And everybody's collectively exhausted and everybody wants to. But it's like everyone, everyone's scared to be the first person to lay down that 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 cloak and dagger, like you said, and just say, look, yeah, you know, I've opened the door to love. Yes. I, you know, do your part. Just drop the shoulders and, but I, I, you're reminding me of, I've shared this on another podcast recently, but <clears throat> my husband was reading a book about anger and the book basically said, and it was a Christian book, but it basically said that you're not good enough to be the judge. You're not God enough to be the judge. Right. And when he's telling me this, I said, you know what this is reminding me of? <laughs> it's reminding me of, I had a friend who wanted to learn to play tennis. He was total novice, total amateur, but he hired a tennis pro. And so on the first day, the tennis pro is teaching him. And every time my friend messes up, he gets infuriated. And the tennis pro finally comes to him and says, dude, I don't know how to say this, but you're not good enough to be to get mad. <laughs> it's, it's very humbling. But if we think about that, like we're, we're not really so superior over each other to be so mad at each other. You know, we're, we're not smart enough to be mad. We're not good enough. We're not God enough, if you want to say it that way, to be so mad at each other. And, and then you make such a good point of the reason people are physically responding to the phrase return to love is because we are sick of it. And we actually do want the same thing. And I know that might even sound cliche because people say we're not as divided as we think we are. And we actually all want a lot more you know, of the, of the same things. Okay. Well, let's start talking about that. Let's have those conversations. And I'm not saying they're not going on because they are. And even, even recently in the last six months, I've started to see, I really do think we're, we're doing this. We're kind of melting down in, in a return to love, but I, it, it's, we still need a lot, a lot more. Yeah, I mean, no. it's, the cries are definitely heard, which is yes. where it starts. Yes, you know, yes. Uh, I do, I do agree with you. I I feel like there is a shift starting. There's still a long, long way to go, but it's because you're hearing enough people talk about it, and and because people are exhausted, just like because, you said. Yeah, we're reaching a point happen. of crisis. Yeah, yeah, 
Now t- tell me um, before we go, I want to learn. Uh, we talked about it a little bit about the 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 one woman show that you talked about. It's not just a concert yeah. that you're putting on; like you're creating a whole multimedia experience. That sounds incredible. Look at that! Yes, I am, and I have a, this amazing uh, set designer who did Will Rogers America, okay. among many other things. But like he he happened to be invited to a, a little presentation show that I did. And he just was like, please let me do this with, you know, and, and I, he's a delight to work with. And, um, but yes, it's an immersive multimedia one woman show at, and we're debuting it at Franklin theater on December 11th, which is a Monday night, but it follows the weekend of the Dickens of a Christmas, um, (laughs) festival. And we tie it in because Pearl is a bit of a Christmas song. And, and, and I'll tell you, you asked me, you know, what are some of your favorite stories? I, I Maybe I would say my favorite memory would be Christmas parties at Mama's house. That would be Pearl, you know, and so you have the fourth generation and we're just this huge family and, and those parties were just amazing. So um, anyway, we would love, you know, the tickets are available on my Facebook page. They're available on my uh, website. There's QR codes everywhere. <laughs> And uh, I, I can't wait to do this show. We're going to, it's going to be amazing. That's, uh, that's incredible. What, and the tour is, uh, where, is it regional? Okay, so or we did can... a tour, we did a summer tour this, this year. Yes. Okay, but then in 2024, we're going to do a new, we'll do a new tour. And then we're, we're going to do a tour of France also. The selfish question is, are you coming to North, North Carolina? Do you know, I didn't know where you were, but that is my favorite state in this country. As it should be, darling. <laughs> I, I want to move to North Carolina so bad. Come on, I baby. I can't, <laughs> I can't totally find a reason, but I'm going to say <laughs> yes. We are coming to North Carolina. Yes. That would be, uh, uh, I'm in Durham, North Carolina, but I am okay. from um, Eastern North Carolina from the coast, which is not a, a Texas uh, cattle ranch and family, but probably just as full of outlaws. Oh, yeah. uh, probably a bunch yeah, yeah. of you know moonshiners on the <laughs> yeah, river. There you go. Same patterns. Yeah. Same humans running the same kind of patterns. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I've done uh when my dad quit drinking, he got into genealogy to kind of fill that hobby, to fill that hole. Wow. And, and boy, we we got a lot of interesting stories uh, from that. So I'm oh, also well, my personal journey. Love those. love hearing those family stories. Well, I tell you, I was doing a house concert in L.A. like. A block off of the uh off of the beach you know off the pal in the palisades whatever mm-hmm. between san monica and malibu and mm-hmm. i got a text or an email from a booking agent asking if i could do lincoln theater in raleigh yeah and so i was like in two weeks i'm like wow yeah. am i gonna do this and i did i went all the way across yeah. 40 from one side yes, of the exactly i know where it starts side, right and and I, mean, I just love north carolina but i it's it's on the list for sure i hope so and and uh i definitely I hope it would well. be a cool place to do it maybe it is durham's got a few places chapel hill's got a few places in this raleigh yeah. durham chapel hill kind of the triangle area they call it yeah mm-hmm. um which yeah i'm in i'm in durham now but um Thank you so much. Um, this was awesome, and uh, uh, I really like respect what, what you're I doing. I can't wait to dig into some of the stuff you're doing. That's... Let's do it. Let's make sure to keep to keep this yeah, going we will. Um, because we I just will. think like not only am I a fan of the music, but I am a hundred percent behind the mission. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate it. And you. thanks for having us on. I know it was a little outside of the box. No. Or uh, maybe initially you might have thought, but anyway. No, you. no, no. It was right on the mark as having far us, as far me, as I'm myself concerned. Myself and I having me on. 
<laughs> me and all my personalities. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Listen, you're, you're in good company there. Okay. <laughs> all right. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow and that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a story coaching and consulting company that builds online education, in-person and virtual training, and digital products that help businesses master storytelling to find their ideal customers and market to them effectively. You can learn more at sixsecondstories.com and purchase the book Six Second Stories at Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or rainbennett.com slash sixsecondstories. 